The Luminous Mind, episode 21. Those habits that you create, habits really determine your success because it's the little things that you do every single day that add up to the big things. Benjamin Franklin once said, Do not curse the darkness, rather light a candle instead. If you're ready to set your mind on fire, then prepare yourself for the luminous mind with your host, Rebecca Bowman. Today's fire starter is Heidi Totten. Heidi Totten is the owner of Heidi Totten Consulting and a serial entrepreneur, but her main role is homeschooling her two children, age 8 and 11. She first felt the pull to homeschool when her son was born back in 2007, but in 2007 helped to start a charter school where her children attended for a couple of years until the pull was too strong. They began their homeschooling journey in early 2012 and haven't looked back. Running a business and homeschooling requires some serious time management. Heidi has created a system that allows her to manage both and is now teaching that system to other homeschooling families. Welcome, Heidi. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice to be up early on a Saturday morning. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we have to thank Heidi for doing that for us. So that's awesome. Um, I have to tell you, our stories are so similar. That's how I began homeschooling is I started a charter school. And then in the middle of that, I actually decided to homeschool my son because I was like, well, I don't want to put him in a school and then pull him out and put him in this charter school. So I started homeschooling him just in the interim. And I'm like, I really like this. (laughs) So we kept going with it. So we have a lot of similarities in that case. So awesome. Do you want to just briefly tell us about yourself? Give us some background of your family and maybe some hobbies and passions. And then, of course, we want to hear about your profession. Yeah. So I um, I have two children and one is my son is 11 and a half. We have to include the half. <laughs> and then my daughter will turn nine in a couple of months. And uh, we live in the mountains of Utah and live with my mom. We all bought a house together on a lovely piece of property last year. And so we've had a lot of fun decorating and organizing and putting away boxes and things like that. It's been fascinating to see just how much my mom and I are like and how much we hoard things. And (laughs) and we realized that combined, we could have a very substantial dinner party because I think we have about 16 sets of dishes and the argument is ensuing on which ones to get rid of. So clearly we are attached to our stuff. I have hobbies. Wow. I would have to say that my hobby is business. I wish that I had, you know, a creative outlet, but my creative outlet are pieces of white paper and Sharpies (laughs) and, and, you know, mind mapping. I, you know, I do love doing things with my kids that are kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, We do a lot of reading, which isn't out of the ordinary, but we do a lot of, uh, you know, funny little field trips. And we do a lot of things that for their education that are a little bit different. We don't follow a very specific schedule when it comes to our homeschool. So, you know, we 
love to do things like dance together and we love to do things like reading unusual books and kind of doing some exploring and things like that. So, but my, my personal hobbies really do lie in the business realm. I run a company called Heidi Totten Consulting, but that's just the umbrella brand. I, you know, kind of a, a sequence of different businesses under that One is launching women where I do strategy sessions with women in business and become their strategic partner for the day and help them to build out their marketing and sales funnels and their technical systems that run their business. And then I have a brand called Inspire the Sprouts. And that came about last summer when I realized that what I had been doing was balancing business and homeschool and had created an entire system around it and really, you know, got the download. I'm a big believer in that, you know, God is my CEO, as my friend Tiffany Peterson says. And I got a big download that there were people out there that I needed to help with balancing business and homeschool, that they were really struggling and that I had been doing it and that the system would work. So I created a brand around that so that I would be able to help more people and, you know, reach people. And then I also have a a joint company with my business partner, Lori Barland, and we are Ideal Life Vision coaches. And Ideal Life Vision is a program for goal implementation that I also use with my kids, where you record your own voice, you listen to your goals in your own voice. And it's a whole eight step program that you go through, but it helps you really to create balance in your life. So that's kind of in a nutshell, about what I do and where my focus is. I really am sort of a business nerd. And my biggest excitement is a Friday night where I'm whiteboarding (laughs) what's going to happen in my life for the next few months. I actually do feel like that's a very inspired thing for you to help homeschoolers do businesses because I know several women that, you know, through no fault of their own have ended up divorced and then they find themselves back in the workforce unable to homeschool their children. And um, so I think that if you can bring both those in together, you know, that's a wonderful thing. You know, back in the 1800s, we worked right alongside, uh, you know, families worked right alongside each other. So why can't that be now? But instead of farming, you know, let's do business together as a family. And there's a lot of things I think kids could learn from that. So I I definitely applaud you and I'm going to have to pick your brain later. (laughs) (laughs) So what was your personal educational experience? Well, I grew up on the streets of inner city Phoenix, the very center. If you took a map and stabbed a pencil in the middle, that would probably be my house that I grew up in. It was one of the top districts in the state, if not the top district. And so as far as an overall education, it was probably fine. I don't remember it very well because, you know, that was mostly fifth grade through high school. And my my memory of it more had to do with socialization and the the friendships or the struggles that you go through in middle school as far as, and and that kind of was what inspired me to homeschool because I realized that I didn't remember anything specifically about being educated. When I close my eyes and I think about my own personal education growing up, it's not integrated with school and learning at all. (laughs) I remember being an avid reader And of course I was, I'm a very visual person. So I watched a lot of movies. It just wasn't how I learned. And I distinctly remember when I was in fourth grade, they put me in a program 
that was, it was really an honors program. It wasn't a good fit for me. And I realized later in life that I was more of a gifted and street smart kid versus an honors kid. And there's a huge difference. But back then they hadn't distinguished between the two. What they knew was that I talked a lot and I was precocious and I could retain information and regurgitate it. That did not necessarily mean that I could follow their particular learning style. Or that you were educated. I mean, you're educated a different way. So, And sometimes when we don't fit within that public school mold, that really affects our self-esteem and how we feel, you know, if we feel like we are smart. It's true because I was shoved in with the quote-unquote smart kids that were more honors kids that knew how to play by the rules. And I didn't know how to play by the rules and I wasn't willing to play by the rules when it came to following that mode. So it, it really was, you know, even in high school, I had all these teachers that would say, she's really smart, but that didn't, that wasn't necessarily reflected in my grades because that wasn't how I learned. And so I quickly realized with my own children that they were probably going to be pretty similar (laughs) to me (laughs) in that respect. But once I got into college, that's when things kind of clicked for me, but my education if I were to really dive into when my education started, my kind of depth phase of learning has come as an adult. It started probably after I graduated from college and got into the real world and realized that if I wanted to learn something, I had to dig in and learn for myself, that there wasn't going to be a teacher standing up to share it with me, but that I would have to go and seek the information that I needed. And so that dramatically accelerated my learning. And now I'm a learning junkie. In fact, I would venture to say that I am way smarter now than I ever was growing up. I feel like that's a a great asset. That's one of the things that I love about homeschooling my kids is they, they caught on to that at you know, in the fourth grade versus when I hit college, because I I had the same experience like that. I just remember, you know, all of a sudden, there's not that teacher right in front of you. And then I loved learning. It wasn't a forced thing. And I loved it. So, so why did you choose to homeschool? We talked about you starting a charter school. um, And you having that poll, what was the what was that all about? Well, it was really twofold. Um, one is that my son for two years was in a situation where he would come home from school or call me and he, his stomach would hurt and it started happening in first grade. And he would talk to me about the bullies at school. And, you know, it kind of was at first, my reaction was, well, you know, this is what you say. I mean, I empowered him to kind of be able to take control of it himself but it really accelerated. And when I went in to talk to his first grade teacher about it, I said, and I had talked to her a couple of times and just said, will you watch for this? Because I didn't want to jump to conclusions. But after I finally went in towards the end of the year and I just said, this is, this is ridiculous. He's coming home every day and talking about being bullied. And she said, well, I just can't see because it was a girl that was doing it. It was a pack of girls. First grade girls are just mean. Anyway. Yeah. And I, I said, or she said, I just can't see her doing it. Well, this teacher was never out at recess. They had a TA that was out there. So she was never out there. She didn't see it. And it wasn't happening in the classroom. It was happening at recess. And my mom was a TA at the school at the time for a year. And she went and she was watching it. 
and she was observing these girls. And so she saw it. And, and I said to the teacher, well, here's the deal. Either it's happening and my son's being bullied every day or he's lying. And don't you think we have a problem either way? I mean, yeah, you know, <laughs> I've been talking to you about this all year and I'm a, not an I don't have a problem with confrontation when it's necessary. I'm kind of a let's just say it person. And she just shrank back. And and I realized, well, if this is your reaction, then you're not pay- then you're not paying attention to your class. Sounds like she just didn't want to deal with it. She didn't want to deal with it. And so then the the next year it was really interesting because and I was, you know, I was on the founding board of the charter school. I didn't want to pull rank and be, well, you know, I helped start this school. And so <laughs> I I just took it to the, you know, proper authorities and let them talk to my son and let them have, you know, work that out with him. But then the next year, when we walked into second grade on the first day, they had him sitting next to the girl in the class. Oh, my gosh. And I looked at him and I said, is this going to be a problem? And he said, no, I'll figure it out. And throughout the year, I think things were better in that. But then towards the end of the year again, he started calling me every day with a stomach ache. And by that point, I was really like, is this going to be school? Are you kidding me? You know, like, yeah. is this going to be what we're dealing with? Because I, I can't do this. And so so that's when, I mean, I had already started thinking about it. Well, three other members of the founding board had pulled their kids to homeschool. When you have, and it's no no reflection on the school. It's a great school. It was the number one charter school in the state. It, but it made me realize that just because you start a charter school, well, maybe you see things when you help start a charter school that you don't see otherwise, but you can start it with the best intentions and grow it with the best intentions, but ultimately it be, still is a public school. Yes. And it is. so it's subject to all of the problems and struggles that a public school has. And as the school kept growing and growing, they added a, a middle school and a junior high as it kept growing, they weren't able to scale for the problems. And so ultimately it was, I don't want the time that I spend with my kids to be putting a bandaid on what happened during their day. Yeah. Well, and talking about bullying, you know, I have a lot of people telling me, well, it's just stuff that kids have to learn to deal with. You know, like you said, you wanted to toughen, toughen your son up and empower him. But in the real world, in the real work world, an adult would not put up with that. I mean, you could, an adult would hire a lawyer and, and pro- possibly sue that person mm-hmm. to tell a child that they have to deal with it is really not the reality of things. And trying to toughen them up, that's not, I mean, if you don't have people that take action and help your child, you know, feel comfortable in the classroom, I totally agree with pulling him out. An adult would go get a different job or, I mean, there's other options, but you have a child who has a limited speech capacity to tell you, you know, the, his feelings and stuff like that. And the fact that his his body, you know, he had physical signs that this was bothering him. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a serious situation. So I really admire you for that. Thank you. So, you kind of talked about your educational philosophy. You said it's very loose. So... Would you say you unschool or what's the, what's your educational philosophy for that? We partially unschool. It's, it's really funny. I think of it as more of a leadership mentor based education. So for example, um, my best friend is a high school math teacher and my son has hit the math that I look at and I say, 
I actually know how to do that with a calculator, but I'm not really going to invest the time to learn how to teach that to you when I know she loves math and she will inspire you far more than I can. And it's just going to frustrate me. So I called her and, you know, she does some tutoring. And so I said, are you ready to tutor a sixth grader? (laughs) And she said, okay. I mean, you know, she can certainly teach any level of math, but he obviously knows her. She's my best friend. Her son is his best friend. So it's, it's somebody that he's already comfortable with and that he loves. And why not? Why wouldn't I hire somebody who has a passion for the subject that I don't to teach my son? They go to a a homeschool support group once a week where they're learning art and music and science and history. And then they do Kung Fu and it's all integrated. And it's a group of about 15 kids, all different ages with, you know, two adults, one a Kung Fu master, and then one who is kind of the, the primary mentor. And she's an artist and she's a musician. And that's really her forte. She loves it. She's passionate about it. My kids have picked up on that passion because they've been going to her for the last few years. And so they live in an environment where they see people who are living in their genius. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wanted for them was, you know, they're very socialized by adults, but they also have plenty of friends that are their age. I mean, social, I know we'll go into socialization, but that has never been a concern of mine. And, and so I, so if there are things that I want to teach them, I teach it to them. And otherwise, if there are things that I think "Mm, maybe that's something interesting for them to learn, we go with a mentor. And that's one of the reasons why I do my business is because my business and the things that I do pay pays for their education. That's my big why of what I do. And so my philosophy is, and I I hesitate to call it unschool because it really, like I said, it really is a hybrid. It's more of what I would consider just real life. We learn more organically and we learn in settings that are more conducive to where I think it will actually stick. My daughter is, you know, she's almost nine And so she's really not in that I found my passion phase. I can see it starting to show up in my son and the things that he's interested in. He's very interested in Greek mythology. And so that's what he's been studying and focusing on. He's an avid reader. And so I just let him run with that. You know, okay, go learn (laughs) Greek mythology. Tell me about it. What well, are you learning? I think that's one of the misconceptions about homeschooling. Yeah, some people do a lot of the education themselves, but I know several parents like yourself that they find people that are, like like you said, a genius in that area. They find other resources, so that's pretty awesome. Let's kind of go, let's talk about socialization. I mean, you talked about being a social kid, and, and the social part of school is the only thing I remember, and that was what I was afraid my children were going to miss out on. But what do you think about socialization and what do you do? We kind of talked about that, what what you do to be socialized. I have a babysitter slash she kind of does whatever I want her to do, assistant that comes in Mondays and Wednesdays. And she's a homeschooled girl. She's 17. And she does a lot of fun things with my kids. And so they're being socialized and taught by somebody who was homeschooled, who's very sweet, kind, compassionate, the oldest of five children. And so 
they're learning from her and they love and adore her as well. So that's what their socialization primarily is on Mondays and Wednesdays. Plus we have a neighborhood completely full of kids and they are always here. Even though I am a self-proclaimed mean mom and I tell my kids that all the time, they don't agree with me, but I am, I, you know, I call myself the meanest mom in the whole world. (laughs) It's not working because all the kids in the neighborhood are here every day, every (laughs) after school, this is where they stop on their way home. And so my kids must be doing something right because they're the Pied Pipers of the neighborhood (laughs) and everybody wants to play with them. Then on Tuesdays, they have their homeschool support group. And on Thursdays, we belong to a Commonwealth group that is based on leadership, education, mentoring, and that group has 30 families and we all get together and we do age appropriate activities, uh, studying history primarily. And then Friday, every Friday afternoon, we go and we pick up my best friend's kids from school and my kids are playing with them all afternoon. So socialization, really, they've got bazillions of cousins. We're at family activities all the time. They're just, I don't think socialization is 25 kids the exact same age in a room together. There is no other time in life that that happens. The second you turn 18, you are in a world with people of all different ages. And truly, that's what I see socialization as being. It's being able to get along with different ages and different demographics and different genders in different arenas, not in a little, you know, incubator. So I've never worried about socialization. And when people ask me about that, when I first started homeschooling, I really just had to laugh because nobody, not one person said, aren't you worried about their academics? (laughs) I said, (laughs) Uh, and so when, when people would ask me about socialization, I would think, aren't you worried that my kids aren't going to learn math? I mean, truly who cares. My kids are verbal. Have you met my kids? They never stop talking. Socialization is not going to be the issue. It's going to be algebra. And I've got that covered. And if you ask most homeschooling families, they'll just sort of they roll, roll their eyes. eyes. <laughs> socialization is just, that is, if anything, my kids are more social because they're allowed to be who they are truly in an organic environment. And that is where the socialization skills truly show up, not in trying to be who you're supposed to be. In fact, yesterday when I picked up my best friend's kids, her oldest son said, oh, it's called like a Oh, it's, it's like this little wooden toy where you, it has a ball on the end and it has a string and you flick it and you make it land on the thing. It's called like a Kabata or some, I don't remember something like that anyway. And so he said to me, well, you're not cool in school if you don't have one of those. And I said, really, your entire social status depends on a wooden toy. And I said, because I'm cool and I don't have one. And he said, well, you wouldn't be cool at our school. I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm so glad I don't have to deal with that. My kids are like, whatever, it's just a wooden toy. And even the older kids, that's how they respond. So truly not having to deal with those social weird things that, you know, and we had it too. I mean, it was when I was growing up, it was a spree and guests. And if you didn't have guest genes, you weren't cool. And mm-hmm. truly, how ridiculous is that? But that's what we grew up with. And that's perpetuated over mm-hmm. and over and over again. Well, and it's funny, the same people that ask you about that are also the ones that are complaining about where our society's going. So it's kind of funny. So what would, what would you say the biggest obstacles you face are? And what have you learned from those? 
Um, the biggest obstacles I face are my own insecurities. When you're it and you're the one that's responsible. I mean, I, I won't lie. Every once in a while, I have this panic where I'm like, ah, you're not learning enough. And then I sit them down and I make them do something ridiculous like handwriting, <laughs> you know, and they just sort of look at me and oh, mom's freaking out again about, you know, us being able to earn a living when we grow up. And truly, my son asked me, a couple of months ago, mom, what do you think I'm going to do when I grow up? And I said, well, the internet wasn't invented when I was your age. So I have absolutely no idea. What do you want to be? Exactly. You know, you go, you're going to, you're going to figure it out. Maybe he'll be a professor of Greek mythology or something. <laughs> I don't know. But you know, that's the thing is that I, my obstacle is my own fear. You know, the blessing is that I usually can power through it and just trust my instincts and say, I'm doing this for a reason. And it's not so that I can prove to everyone that my kids are advanced in any particular subject. It's so that we can create the life that we want. It really isn't an external obstacle. It's an internal obstacle. This is a great time to take a break. Hey, Firestarters. This is Mark, producer of The Luminous Mind. If you're like me, the thought of going out to the store and shopping is enough to make you want to crawl in a hole and hide. If that's you, then do your shopping online through Amazon. Just go to theluminousmind.net, click on the Amazon link, and shop away. Also, most of the books and resources that Rebecca and her guests discuss can be found on our Amazon links as well. Again, if you're like me, you have already accidentally signed up for Amazon Prime. So most of those purchases should have free shipping as well. Good luck! Welcome back. So what are some successes that you've seen? Uh, the successes come in little bursts, but kind of the same way as when kids are in school. My kids will say something and I'll look at them and say, where did you learn that? And they'll say Ignite Academy or Magic School Bus Science, or I read it somewhere. So my success truly is that my kids are learning all the time, whether I am sitting in front of them trying to teach them something. It's kind of internal validation because that's what I suspected would happen. I thought, I wonder if just kind of guided and directed, if they would be able to still learn what they need to learn at this age without me standing in front of them and hammering it into them. So that's been a huge success for me to just feel like, oh, this is working. This is working. Well, and I think sometimes the force, the compulsory behind our public school system or behind schooling in general, um, actually impedes the education because no one, I mean, it's our natural tendency. I don't know a person on the earth that it's not their natural tendency when somebody's pushing them to do something to push back against that. Oh, for sure. So I, I really believe like just allowing it to just naturally happen, you're going to actually have it happen and be more productive about it when we just naturally let it happen versus the force that's behind it. Well, and I think that my son, my, both my son and my daughter were ahead a year in math. And so I slowed things down because I said, we don't need for you to be math geniuses. I mean, if you're genetically like me, you're not going to be anyway. So let's not push this. But 
um, you know, my best friend said, oh, really, all the math that you need to learn, you learn by sixth grade. After that, yeah, it's, it's just a repeat being passionate in math. Yeah. You know, it's for people who really want to go into fields that require math. And and truly what my husband and I are really focusing on is is the financial piece, because many kids come out, you know, knowing how to balance an, a chemical equation or they know how to solve an algebraic problem, but they don't know how to balance a checkbook finances and balance a checkbook. And, and so it's really that kind of applied math. You know, we do chore charts and things like that. So not always successfully, but tied to them earning money. And, you know, I posted on Facebook the other day that my husband came to me and he was frustrated. He said that my son didn't want to do, we do three chores for a dollar and he didn't want to do his three chores for a dollar because he thought that his uh, skills were worth more and wanted a dollar fifty. And so when my husband came and told me that and he was clearly frustrated, I smiled and I said, yeah, I'm kind of proud of those negotiating skills. I I can't lie. You know, (laughs) I mean, that's a proud mom moment, you know, or my daughter yesterday, she said, me and Josh are in the kitchen. And then she actually texted me from her iPhone or her iPod that they get to play with electronics on Fridays. And so she texted me from her iPod and said, sorry, mom, Josh and I. <laughs> That's, my That's funny. You know, and I thought, okay, little things like that are what make it okay. Yeah. So share with us either some personal habits that make you successful or how you organize your time um, with all of your, you know, responsibilities between homeschooling and your family responsibilities, all of that kind of thing. Sure. So I have a very specific routine in the morning, Monday through Friday. And because I'm, I have to have some structure and some flexibility, but the things that I structure, I structure very rigidly. And my morning routine is pretty rigid unless I'm sick or unless there's, uh, you know, some major interference, I stick to it pretty, pretty well. But the first thing that I do is I listen to my life vision. And I was telling you, I'm an ideal life vision coach. I use it as a tool. Ideal life vision is a goal implementation tool. And I use it to balance business and homeschool. It really is the number one tool that I use because it is goal setting in five areas of life, spiritual relationship, health and fitness, business and finance, personal development, and then also the humanitarian side. I'm very focused on, I'm actually going to Kenya in a couple of months to do humanitarian work and teach ideal life vision skills to the Kenyans. And so finding ways to give back to the community. So I listen to my life vision, which is something that is very much um, an integral part of my system for balancing business and homeschool. That happens first because then I can set my intentions for the day. Then I go downstairs, I exercise, then I go and I drink my smoothie, and then I get ready for the day. And all of those things are happening in order, and I'm interacting with my kids as we go. They're eating breakfast. The number one thing, there's three things I tell people to always teach their kids first and foremost when they homeschool. One is to cook basic meals that and feed themselves. The other is to do dishes and the other is to do laundry because those are the three things that most people have to do over and over and over and over and over again. And they're not 
you can't really hire them out. I mean, you can go to a restaurant, but not for every meal. And you could hire someone to do laundry, but that just seems weird. You know? <laughs> so I, that's what I tell people is if you can, you will, you will save or create so much time in your day. If you can teach your kids to feed themselves, to put their dishes away and to take care of their own laundry. And it doesn't mean that they do it perfectly. It just means that they know how to do it. I actually just tangent. I had a college roommate that never did her laundry. And when we moved in to the dorms our freshman year, she was going down to the laundry room and she put a big bottle of bleach on top of her mint green towels. And Uh. I said, tell me you're not bleaching those towels. She said, my mom bleaches everything. And I said, she doesn't bleach mint green towels. Well, (laughs) you can imagine because her mom bleached everything, what happened to those mint green towels. So it was a learning experience for me to say, hmm, what do I really need to teach my kids? You know? <laughs> well, so, and, and life skills are so important. With every interview I've talked about, we've talked about how important it is to teach your children life skills because mm-hmm. they're just something that they're not going to get away from. So It's so true. That's and really, in doing this routine, the way that I organize my time is I set up my house in zones. So if I'm in the kitchen and I'm getting a smoothie, I'm also switching out the laundry because the laundry room's next to the kitchen. So I kind of um, look for everything that I can do in that space of the house for the day. And obviously I go back into the kitchen a few times a day, but I don't go into my office to work or I don't, you know, we have our kind of our space for homeschooling and working downstairs. And I don't go into that space until I've gotten the things that I know need to be done on the main floor because I've done it all at once. And once I've gotten into this routine, it's, it really is just a routine. So that allows me and creating habits that those habits that you create habits really determine your success because it's the little things that you do every single day that add up to the big things. And so if I stick to that routine, I can pretty much predict how my mood for the day is going to be. I am a big advocate, especially for homeschool moms for self-care because we tend to just dive into, it's all about our kids, we're their educators, we're their moms, we're this, we're that. You have to take care of yourself. You cannot, you know, support other people if you're empty yourself. Plus, I'm a big believer in teaching my daughter how to take care of herself as well. And not just from a a hygiene standpoint, but also an emotional standpoint. Like when you're stressed out or then go take a bath or go do something that will take care of yourself because you, you really give more to the world when you have fed your own needs. So that has been a huge shift for me in the last two years. And once I made that shift, everything changed. Homeschooling got better. My business got better. My mindset got better. So really identifying those personal habits and have been critical for me. And I, like I said, I use the Ideal Life Vision program to create those habits and to implement those habits. So we talked about goals. What are some long-term goals that you have for yourself and maybe for your family? Uh, Well, my husband and I just took the kids to Disneyland in December, and we realized that our kids are now at that age where we don't don't want our family vacations and experiences to be, how do I say this, like fake experiences. You know, Disneyland is Disneyland. So so on our drive home, we set some goals. Um, Like I said, my son's 11. And so, you know, we really have seven or eight years before he's going to be sick of us. 
well, we have less time than that, however, (laughs) um, before he legally can be sick of us. And so one of the goals that we set is that we want to travel as a family to all six continents by the time our, you know, our son is 18. Well, that's going to require some, a lot of planning because really we're talking about six or seven years to accomplish all of that. That means one continent as a family per year. And where do we want to go on that continent and what do we want to learn? And so, and not to mention the financial aspect of it either. Oh, you know, I'm pretty confident in creating the financial aspect. It's the time. It's the, when do we do it? Because, you know, like we even said, oh, let's go to Antarctica. Well, you kind of have to cruise to Antarctica. You can't just, I'm not that adventurous, but, but you can do cruises there, but they're long cruises, you know? So it's structuring my time and my husband's time to be able to take an entire month off to go on a cruise down to Antarctica may happen when our kids are a little bit older, obviously, but it's, it's things like that, that make the long-term goals fun. Imagine just imagine what my kids would experience and learn if they went to all six continents. Yeah. I mean, that education in and of itself trumps anything that we could do at home from books. So that is one big long-term goal that we've set that truly I feel if we can accomplish that in our homeschool, then our kids will have the confidence and the experience with different cultures to really be able to do what they want and go where they want and accomplish what they want. Wow, you're going to have to listen to my kids interviewing me and we talk a whole bunch about world schooling is what we call it. We would love to do that. So that's awesome. So how has your family benefited the most from homeschooling? Well, I think that we're real. We're not at the whim of another of a school schedule. And so when things happen, they happen organically. Like I said, I think we've really benefited in that we're very close with each other. It doesn't mean that we don't fight and bicker and argue. It just means that there's a deep love and a deep sense of security with what we are doing. I love that I can, I call them drive-by snuggles, where I will walk past my kid and just attack him and hug him and kiss him. And I ask my kids almost every day, do you know that I love you? Yes. How do you know? Because you tell me every day, because you (laughs) hug me every day, because you do this, because you do this. That is just something that can happen organically in the day because we're together. Yeah. And if we're not together because, you know, they're in another environment, then it can't happen in the same way. I just I watch so many families that go from one activity to the other. And don't get me wrong, we're really busy, you know, but we do have plenty of moments where we can just be calm. And I can't imagine trying to integrate what we're doing in our life right now into a school schedule. I just can't imagine that. And so I think that We've truly benefited from being willing to step outside the box and say, okay, this might not be perfect. You know, that that's not what we're expecting, but we're going to be in on it together. We're going to do it together and we're going to see what we can create from it. Yeah. Well, and I love the quiet mornings. I think that early morning rush trying to get kids out of the door, that would create oh. chaos in my life. So. <laughs> I know. So what is some advice or encouragement that you would give somebody who's just starting out? The very first thing I would say is take the time to unschool 
and D school, really take the time to just get to know your kids again. If you're pulling your kids out of school, I mean, if your kids are little and you've never put them in school, then it's not as much of a problem because you can just sort of keep moving through life organically. The thing that breaks my heart is when I see so many people in homeschool groups and families say, you know, my kids are, uh, my kid is five and I'm going to start homeschooling him. So what do I do? What curriculum do I do? I'm like, um, play play Play-Doh, you know, (laughs) your kid's five. So so truly taking that time to de-school, get to know your kids again, just go on a bunch of field trips together, read together, you know, have uh, fun take, together, have fun together and take, uh, trust me, if you take a three to six month gap in the core fundamental learning, it's not going to make a difference. It really isn't so often. And I actually talked to Rachel DeMille about this and, you know, she and her husband run TJ ed with their leadership education. And I was talking to her a few months ago and she was asking me, you know, how can we cut the learning curve for these families? Because it really does take, you know, a year and a half to two years to where you start to feel truly confident. And I said, well, the biggest problem is that most of the people that are homeschooling now are pulling their kids out because of bullying or because they don't like the common core because of some other, something else that's happened at school. So they're pulling their kids out in a crisis or in a panic. And when that happens, you're pulling your kids out of the world that they are used to. And so you have to create a new world for them to get used to and not just step in and say, well, now I'm going to be your teacher and try and force that relationship. Well, and if there's, if there's love and there's like this feeling of like, oh, this is fun, you know, this feeling that they enjoy being with you, I think you're going to decrease the learning curve too, because they're going to go, oh, well, she cares about me and they'll be more likely to just accelerate their learning. I I would think, I mean, that would be my thought process. So absolutely. Absolutely. We were fortunate in that I decided to homeschool starting at the end of the year. So we had the whole summer, you know, and when kids were going back to school, my kids were used to the idea that they were homeschooled. Now, if I ask them and I ask them once a year, do you want to go back to school? My son's like, no way. Why would I want to do that? You know, I mean, they're just my daughter every once in a while. She only went to kindergarten. So she'll say, well, I just want to go half day. I just want to go to kindergarten again. I'm like, yeah, you're in third grade. That's not going to happen. But, you know, because she had a positive experience with it, truly getting to know your kids again, they have been in a different world from you. Even if they're home, you know, most of the time when when your kids are in school, they get home, they have homework, you have dinner, you're getting baths and showers. And if you do any sort of sports, that takes time. So you don't really know your children. You're just shuttling your children. So being able to make that connection again, I think is critical if you want them to put their learning into your hands a little bit more. Yeah, I love that. Let's see. Do you have a favorite book or resource that you want to share with us? Absolutely. 100% read uh, Thomas Jefferson Education by Oliver DeMille. That is my go-to read it every year book because it is leadership education focused. And truly the best education is leadership and mentoring and leading by example. And so being focused on your own education as a parent and ongoing learning and talking to your kids about the things you're learning and reading is critical as well. And getting your family steeped in the classics and 
reading the classics together. So that's kind of my go-to when people say, I want to homeschool, what do I do? The other thing, and gosh, I, I can't remember the author's name, but it's not hard to find. It was a ebook that I read called A Year of Homeschooling Dangerously. <laughs> And it is so funny. I mean, I would literally wake my husband up out of a sleep to read passages and he would be like, okay. I mean, I just laughed and laughed and laughed because it truly is a good representation of how you feel as that first year homeschooling mom where you're just trying everything, you know, because you want to make sure you're doing it right. And so you kind of go through this whole weird process of your own. That's a really good one. And then, like I said, if you want to set specific goals with homeschooling, um, Ideal Life Vision is the the best goal setting tool and has changed my life, my business and my homeschool far more than any other resource that I've used. And um, so I have information about that at theidealhomeschool.com. How would you like to see the world change in the future? I want everybody to be a homeschooling parent. And I understand <laughs> that, oh, I, you know, I have so many I know so many people that say that applaud me, but can never do it themselves. And which is funny to me because I'm like, well, you're already a parent. So yes, you actually could. And you've got to shift your perspective or your mindset about what homeschooling really actually is. How I would like to see the world change in the future. I really am a big supporter of online education and online learning. It's predicted to double in 2015. More and more people are looking for online resources. And you have, I mean, you can get a Harvard education online now from Harvard professors. And so... I would like to see a world where where homeschooling was maybe a different word for it. Just instead of it being, oh, you either homeschool or your kids go to school, have it be an educational experience or an educational philosophy that is really more allowing the kids to learn what they're passionate about. I had a fabulous conversation with a former superintendent of schools, and she said to me, what could we do? Because what we really need are specialists in this world to solve problems, not generalists, but what we're creating are generalists, kids who have learned every single subject, but they're good at nothing because they don't know what they really like. And I said to her, I would love to see schools become a learning center where you actually flip the core and you do any core work at home, like math and language arts and things like that, because you can just do it at the kids level. And then schools become an integrated learning center where it's project based and where instead of just focusing on testing, teachers can create projects that are math or science oriented for the kids that are math and science oriented and that kids would be able to choose which types of learning that they wanted to do. So they would just have a choice the way we can take electives. Yeah. You know, so that they would be able to explore that. Education definitely needs to become more individualized. So Mm -hmm. I agree with that. So before we say goodbye, is there any parting words of advice or a favorite quote that you'd want to share? And then tell us how we can get in touch with you. Okay. Truly, I would just say that God has given you all the gifts that you need to raise your children. And that if he has put a dream in your heart to homeschool, he, he won't put a dream in your heart that he can't 
can't put in your head. And so if you're feeling that pull to homeschool and you're feeling that pull to do something different with your children, I just want to empower you to do it and to take that leap to just trust your instincts. There are so many resources out there for you that will help you through it, that you are not alone that it is not something you have to do by yourself, but that you will have such an amazing experience with your children, not every day, but that you, because <laughs> I can't guarantee that, but you will have these little moments that you will just cherish forever. And what I am really grateful for is that when my kids do grow up and leave home, I will have had a lot of memories with them and I won't be saying, wow, I just missed it all. Yeah, exactly. I love that. So getting in touch with me for these purposes, the best way to find me is at Inspire the Sprouts. I have a free ebook that you can download that is on balancing business and homeschool. And it gives you a lot of the kind of mindset tools that I use to do both, as well as the kind of universal laws that I follow about, you know, like the 80-20 principle and things like that. And I, I just talk about some of the tools and resources that I use in order to keep my, my business and homeschool balanced. And that really is the best way to keep in touch with me is to join me over there. And I blog some sometimes. <laughs> so the free ebook is at your Inspire the Sprouts uh, website. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. Inspiresprouts.com. It's a very simple website. You can just download the ebook pretty okay. much. Okay. I am going to check it out and I hope everybody else does. Thank you so much, Heidi, for joining us today. It was you very, so welcome. very Thanks enlightening. <laughs> and I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for listening to The Luminous Mind. To learn more about Heidi, go to our website, theluminousmind.net. Also, when you're there, click on the fire tab and be a fire starter yourself. I just want to give a big shout out to all our listeners in Virginia. Please, everyone, consider telling your friends about us to help us grow. Also, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Google+. Light minds on fire and change the paradigm of education. 